Hello everybody and welcome to What Would The Smart Party Do? And we're back together, me and Baz. How are you doing Baz, alright? Yeah, I'm not too bad mate, it's very lonely around here. Where's all the guests? <laughs> well, fortunately we've been joined on Patreon and I think it's uh, only right and proper that we give a quick shout out to Bud Wright, Lee Carnell, Lloyd Burt, thank you very much for your newfound support and also our good friend Simon who lives in Bermuda now of all places. He's up to his pledge to be our uh, most generous donor so far so thanks very much to all you guys. That's enabled us both to get to Dragon Meet this coming weekend um, to have some fun there and hopefully get some little sneaky interviews and things like that. Yeah, thanks guys. That's really good of you. You, you keep the show on the road for which we are eternally grateful. Uh, hosting costs are such these days that uh, our deep pockets are well, they're not that deep anymore. So, thanks ever so much for everybody who supports us. Whether it's uh, whether it's just with thanks on the interwebs, or a dollar, or five dollars, or ten dollars, it, it all goes into the pot. Um, we don't spend it all on gin and hats. It tends to go to the to the man who runs the internet. So, thank you all for that very much. Yeah, he must be making a lot of money, that guy. <laughs> but yeah, if we get if we can get a little bit more as well, convince your friends, party people, because we we can get a little fancy now to you as well. That's something we're quite excited about doing. So, get a few more shekels in the old pot, and we'll see what we can send out to all our supporters. So that'll be cool. Because no, everybody wants that retrospective on Earth Dawn we've been promising this last couple of years. So, <laughs> burning a hole in my hard drive, mate, it needs, <laughs> needs to be publicised. Bringing back the nineties. Oh, if only I could turn back the clock. Right, so anyway, yes, this weekend coming, which it might not be when you listen to this podcast, but it is for us right now, uh, there's Dragon Meet in London, which is uh, one of the largest conventions we have over in in, uh, in Blighty. It's uh, got a few thousand people uh, in footfall, I believe. Uh, only one day, right in the heart of London, at the Hammers- in Hammersmith. Um, and it's run by Modifius and various other people. But um, yeah, really good event. I'm looking forward to it, Basil. you? Dragon Meet's cool. I've, how many years have we been going to Dragon Meet now? I can't even think. I was doing a bit of an internet search earlier, trying to figure out when the first Dragon Meet was. And I know it had a little bit of a break for a while, but it feels like we've been to, I don't know, we're double figures. We must have been to more than 10 of these things, mustn't we? Absolutely, yeah. And it's kind of like a Kensington Town Hall. It was there for a long time, wasn't it? And that was really good. And and it falls at that sort of weird time of the year as well, doesn't it? It's like it's always early December, so it always feels a bit like Christmas has properly started when Dragon Meet happens. Yeah, <laughs> and it's quite odd because certainly for for me getting a train or where we might go and stuff like that, there's all the Christmas shoppers as well, like bundling down from Nottingham to get to London. So I have to get my train in early, otherwise I'm just like jammed in cattle class with all the people who just off to buy stuff from Harrods and so forth. Yeah, um, but yeah, fortunately I've got. Got my troubles settled this time, so that's all right. Um, and Dragon Meet seems one that doesn't get a massive amount of promotion from the organisers, but it does get a lot of people. It just seems to be one of those like um, kind of social things that people know about, if you know what I mean, in the gaming community. And yeah. uh, it always gets massive attendance, regardless. Yeah, got, I mean, I really don't know how. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it does, but it's always absolutely astonishing to me, especially in the last couple of years. Because to be fair to Modifius, who uh, took up the reins. Uh, a few years ago, we'll have an interview with the Modifius guys, perhaps, and we can get some actual answers of some actual facts to broadcast instead of. Surely, these... won't be busy on the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they want to talk to us. Um, but it's uh, since they've taken it over, and, it, and it, the venues changed a few times in the years as well. And it seems like every time they book a new place, it, it is just way, way, way packed, and there are huge queues to get in and stuff like that. And um, and they've doubled the space again, I think, for gaming this year. So that'll be interesting because yeah, right. I thought I thought last year was the trade hall last year was superb. It was nice and roomy. There was you could get around, you could get a demo game in. I never even got to the gaming bit, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a sec. But um, if they've doubled it again, I think they'll fill it just based on experience. You, you never get to hear anything about Dragon Meat. You know the website, bless it, is is it's funny every year. You know it's November when people start saying, "Is there any news about Dragon Meat this year?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're employing some kind of weird carrier pigeon and flyers propaganda leaflet drop that doesn't come over my town. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. But then you know you look you look on the Twitters, look on the internets. And there's people talking about it already. So even though there's not a lot of official comms necessarily, I think people just get the buzz about it, don't they? Everybody gets chatting. So um, yeah, we're talking it, about it. It does seem one of those sort of things. <laughs> yeah, it seems one of those things where people get together as much as for the gaming and all the stuff that we'll mention in a short while. But just to kind of catch up with other gamers, it seems a really social con as well that people will come, even if you're not going to get in a game or anything like that. It's just so that you can meet up with um, other like, other game designers 
or people that run game stalls or other gamers from up and down the country they might have met once at a convention or, or read about on the internet or anything like that really good sort of like social melting pot of the, the rpg community of, of the uk as a whole i think yeah it's a weird one in some ways isn't it as i, th- I think someone else pointed out recently london capital of the uk doesn't really have a a bespoke gaming convention expo up in birmingham is perhaps our biggest deal of the year uh mm, you know yeah, multi-day yeah. event multi-location event you know the real deal uh, and london gets its comic cons and all that kind of stuff i guess that's got to come down to just the price of venues in london but it does seem strange that the that the the, the hole in the calendar is filled by a one-day con which admittedly these days goes on from quite early in the morning up till midnight but it, it used to operate almost to bankers hours it was like done, mm. done by five or six and that, yeah. that that doesn't seem right for like you know Europe's major capital city you know one of the hotbeds of role playing and, and board gaming and card gaming these days as well it seems a bit strange so you know I'm glad Dragon Meat's there because without it I don't think we'd be represented down in the south very mm. particularly well in the in the city that is so there's loads and loads of cons all over the country but London does seem to be a bit of a, a void for organised gaming sometimes so Maybe that is, to be fair, why Dragon Meat just collects them all when there's six million people living in London. Um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tiny percentage of those go to Dragon Meat, but that's still an awful lot of people. Yeah, no, that's very true. I've noticed that there's um, one of the game magazines is, is promoting something for next year, uh, the Ali Pali, I think, so there might be a bit oh, of competition. Right. So I'm interested to see what happens there, but um, no details on that as yet, really, so... Just another one for the calendar, but yeah, for the size of <laughs> for the size of London, you'd expect a, a bit more going on, I guess. Yeah. For, for people who've never been and that sort of stuff, I guess we have, we want to do a quick uh, a quick overview of the sort of things you can expect from from the convention. Sure. Um, so initially, of course, there are some games. So there's a bunch of role playing. In fact, I think if you're into Pathfinder, you're in for a treat because there's an entire room dedicated just to Pathfinder games. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, but there's also a role playing going on. You kind of have to get in early and get to the sign up boards, which are pretty near the entrance, to be fair. But as soon as you're in, if you want to do some role playing, I'd highly recommend heading straight over to the sign up sheets and trying to get your name down on something because they do fill up quite quickly. Um, and there's a lot of people pressured for those games as well. Mm, from a timing perspective, it, the, the scheduling on that one is a little bit odd. I don't know how else you could do it, but. The games in the morning, if you want to sit down for role playing, I believe that starts at nine. So you want to sign up pre nine because you want to be bums in seats at nine. But the trade hall, which is arguably the event itself, doesn't open till ten. So those morning games might be you might have to get up a little bit earlier and get your get your breakfast in a bit earlier than normal. But you might have a better chance you do it the afternoon. I have a feeling the afternoon games might be. Uh, might have more subscribers than the morning ones just because of the way, the, the way the timing works out slightly oddly in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And and of course there I'm talking about um, role-playing games, but there are of course demo games going on for like I think a lot of board game companies and stuff like that have got the stuff together there. So uh, fancy getting some uh, guys around to play a bit of board gaming. That should be well-serviced. There's a, a demonstration games room for that. There's also a, a Playtest UK area, so there's going to be some guys down there who've uh, created a game and it might not be quite ready yet, but they're going to be playtesting away. There's a Best of Essen selection as well, so all the best games that from the recent spiel should be on offer, uh, and some participation games going there. And then as well, um, there's on-demand gaming, so if you fancy doing stuff that's a little more towards the indie side of role-playing, uh, on the hour every hour, I believe, the on-demand guys should be uh, there ready to run a one- or two-hour demo for you. So if you fancy a bit of Blades in the Dark and that kind of stuff that we've banged on about, you should be able to head over uh, by where the sort of bring and buying cosplay is. There's an on-demand gaming area. So come come with the hour, come with the man. You should be able to like go knock on their door and ask for a game or something and get a quick burst, if nothing else, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good service and, and pretty sure it's just mainly dem- uh, demos by volunteers kind of thing so it's just guys who love those sort of games who want to give up a bit of time to to show other people how to play them which is a really nice touch as well mm-hmm. yep yeah, cool uh we've also got um and one of the big draws for a lot of people is the trade hall which is uh mm. as i alluded to i mean last year was i thought spectacular i never got out of the trade hall all day because the trade hall tends to be it may not be officially listed as such but you can always get a game in there um because you know the, the savvy stall holders want to run you through their stuff, want to show you their wares. There's always loads of really cool demos and stuff there. Um, And thanks to the the massive surge of interest for board games, card games, hobby stuff generally, um, it's a pretty colourful, vibrant place where 
you've got a mix of all the latest releases and you've got some of the big companies there like Modifius and Cubicle 7 uh, down to the the smaller operations like All Rolled Up will have all of their brilliant stuff there for people to look at um, and down to you know, getting your dice because you've got to buy dice when you go to a con that's like one of the rules by the way so bring a couple of quid for that um, yeah. and you've got all of the old stuff too because the bring and buy always is massively massively stocked up with some of the stuff that people want to jettison from their collections and you can get some really cool stuff in hard copy that maybe you haven't seen for a while or maybe you've lost from your collection or always wanted to pick up at a pretty good price it's a bit of a scrum um but yeah there's plenty to damage your wallet um and you might want to get in early <laughs> for that <laughs> yeah and i think the trade hole is really good for talking to people like so for example if you're into your osi type stuff like lamentation of the flame princess james raggy's normally there he's quite often got one or two other people from that sort of from his stable almost mm. uh who are hanging around but also right up to like the chaosium guys are gonna have a big stall there and and all these people generally I've found that you can go up and look at their wares, but you have a bit of a chance to chat to some of the writers, some of the uh, other contributors, and some of the owners of these companies as well. Uh, and perhaps more than you would at um, perhaps just a pure shopping event, uh, you've generally got a chance to have a little bit of a chat more with these sort of people, I think, and get a bit more detail out of them. Yeah. Everybody seems friendly enough and eager to sort of like talk about their wares, funnily enough. They're like quite happy to like effuse about all the latest products and what's coming up and... It's a good way of sort of like trying to get to grips with what might be coming down the road as well or what to spend your Christmas money on because there'll be some like tidbits you can tease out of people on what the next product's going to be or or what's just around the corner. Yeah, I mean, essentially, make it easy for everyone. If they've been a guest on this podcast, they've probably got a stall at Dragon Meat this year, just looking at most <laughs> of them. <laughs> and if they haven't got a stall, they're probably going as a guest and they'll just be wandering around like we are. So, you know, there's... And I've I've never found anyone be anything less than fantastically approachable at these things. You know, these guys are desperate to talk yeah. to you about their latest stuff and show off their books or just have a chit chat. And and thanks to the internet, where people are even more accessible, it's just nice to put a name to a face sometimes and shake hands with a real person. So you know, um, sometimes we lurk behind some kind of strange internet Twitter handles, but they, they're all real people behind it. And and trust me, the guys behind the stalls are more enthusiastic about gaming than anyone. So um, that's why it could sometimes take you so long to get around the trade hall, because you know it's just nice to chat to people right, about yeah. games, and and that's where they're at, and that's where all the hyper enthusiasts are hanging out. Uh, quite apart from you know some of the bigger names as well, who um, you know to be fair to people like Pelgrane, they always get Robin Laws, Gareth Hanrahan, uh, Ken Height, all of those guys. They come over and they they absolutely earn their pay because they put in the hours, and there's no one they won't talk to. And, and they would just be on their feet yammering away for hour after hour after hour. So, you know, it's really good sort of fan service to go to these things. And uh, and that's what makes it such a good day, I think. Yeah, definitely. And you, you can kind of like, there is going to be a, a bit of a signing bit as well, because you've got people like the uh, gaming legend Ian Livingstone and, and such like that that's going to be attending, as well as uh, John Kovalec, who does Dog Tower, and uh, some of the people mentioned, like Robin Laws, Ken Height, all that kind of stuff. So there's a, there's a bit of a chance to get uh, some of your old game signed and that sort of thing if you wish. But they also do um, a decent seminar selection as well. I mean, you and I did one a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but almost being pushed out really with the um, just the, the gaming legends they've managed to crew to kind of have a go at this <laughs> sort of stuff. So uh, I'm sure we'll get back into into it at some point. They'll have us back. Um, but seminars, um, they're, they're my favourite things actually. The seminars and I've got yeah. no complaints at all about the lineup this year. It looks really strong. I mean. Yes. One of the things I like about seminars, just generally, is it is, in fairness, one of the things you get at a convention that you can't really get at home. I mean, arguably, I can play a role-playing game at home on a Wednesday night, and I can, you know, I can buy my latest edition of Call of Cthulhu from my friendly local game store or or online via a PDF. Most of the stuff that you do at a con, you can kind of do at home, whether it be socialising or whatever. But the seminars are a bit of a unique thing. You know that, that that chance to be in in with a discussion with with creators um, or people with opinions, talk about the stuff that you love, uh, get sneak peeks at stuff, get insight into the design of things, some really cool advice from some very experienced people about how to play their games the way that maybe they were intended. I always I, again there have been previous dragon meets where quite apart from the trade hall, I've sat in the seminar hall from dawn till dusk and had a really really strong day. Uh, of, of just mm. listening to you know clever enthusiastic people tell me about stuff I like which sounds good to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks like a, a good mix this year there's kind of a, a, a board game design 101 at one end 
and bookending it, what's hot in story games at the other. Mm-hmm. And in between, you've got investigative role play masterclasses. You've got stuff from uh, Ian Livingstone, as mentioned, and Ken Robb in the middle. You've got uh, like State of the Nation addresses, my Modiphius and Cubicle 7 and, and the RuneQuest guys. So a really good mix of stuff that you can dip in and out of and, and get a good uh, mixed bag. So there's something there for everyone. Like you say, I think if you want to sit down for an afternoon or a morning, it'd be quite easy to do that and just uh, listen to some cool and different talks about things. Yeah, nice to see the guys from uh, the guys from Fictoplasm uh, around mm. the seminar as well, which I'm I'm going to be in for definitely. Um, that's that's a great podcast, by the way. I've I've been lucky enough to be a guest on their podcast, and um, and, and Ralph and the rest of the team over at Fictoplasm do a really good job of of, of taking genre fiction and uh, and making it gameable, which is something we all do as amateurs, but they they do a fantastic job at uh, turning your book collection into your RPG collection, and that'd be well worth a listen, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And I think mentioning podcasts would be somewhat remiss if we didn't mention there is actually a podcast zone. Uh, if you go to the Dragon Meat site, you can actually get the PDF sort of brochure right now this minute, but we're not on there. So it's probably worth us mentioning. But um, sort of by the entrance where you, you'll come in, uh, there's going to be us, but there's also like about 20 other different UK podcasts hanging around. There's not like a massive amount of space for, for the whole gang. So it's a, a bit of a mixed bag as to who will be there when you turn up. But definitely say hello to people on the way in or when you get a chance later on. Uh, a wide variety of podcasters. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys um, check it out when you get there because there's, like I say, about 20 of us, far too many to list now. But um, it's really good for for us, I speak for me and Baz, really, to just get out and meet some people who occasionally comment to us or send us an email or a, a quick message. It'd be really great to sort of like get there and press the flesh and meet some of you in real life and find out what you, what's hot, what's not, what you're interested in uh, and get a little bit of feedback from you guys as well because sometimes... It's a little bit lonely. We have to sit here and look each other's faces across the internets and wonder who's listening, apart from both our listeners. <laughs> so, yeah, def- definitely make um, make an effort, if not with us too, certainly for the other guys as well in the podcast. So go along and just say hello, because it can feel a bit of a lonely art to this sometimes when you're screaming into the void, hoping that someone's finding it interesting. So <laughs> give them a tip of the hat and just sort of say, like, you appreciate what they're doing. Or... Little, little, little does he know, dear listeners, I'm not looking at it at all. I'm playing Candy Crush. I've racked up quite a few <laughs> levels since you started. <laughs> but yeah, come and see us. Yeah, yeah. Me and Gaz will be there. We'll be instantly recognisable. I don't quite know how. Maybe we should like carry a copy of the Financial Times under our arm or put some kind of lapel badge on or something so that both our fans can recognise us. Um, yeah. but you'll find for the old men is a, is a good tip yeah two old men a gobby northerner and a sly southerner um but yeah be, be, but you know don't be bloody shy come and say hello because we just you know we want to talk to people and I, and I think the plan is we're going to carry out our portable recording devices as well um so we're going to try and get in as many chats with people as we can uh, and I don't care if you're a high flyer in the rock and roll world of RPGs or you're just an enthusiastic person into the world of Simbaroon. Um, just want to catch up with people and see what's going on. Because Dragon Me comes at the end of the year, and one of the best things about it is you tend to tend to sort of take stock at the end of the year as well about you know, what's been best in, in 2017 and what's on people's Christmas lists and that kind of thing. So it'd be good to catch up with people and see what you're thinking. And... Uh, and you can lay your hands on my pristine first edition copy of Earth Dawn as well, which I'm I'm bringing along to show off in as many places as possible. See if I can start, start <laughs> see if I can start one of those internet memes where, like you know, we're, we're trying to teach the school children how far things can go on social media. So I'm going to see if I can <laughs> a copy of Earth Dawn into as many people's hands as possible. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to teach cobolds about the power of the internet <laughs> <laughs> exactly we'll, we'll get that spread around I'm sure yeah so uh, a, a brief mention apropos of nothing there is an anti-harassment policy at, at, at Dragon Meat which is good so um, if you are a little bit worried about big crowds of people or you don't know anyone and you're a bit worried about how it will be and all the rest of it don't worry about it it's a completely safe area you can speak to any of the organisers or helpers around it will help you out if you think you've got a bit of a problem or you're just feeling a bit anxious or whatever else so it's good to see that up and written large somebody knows that it is a safe place there shouldn't be any intimidation harassment stalking or other nonsense that may or may not go on or people fear might so don't worry about it the the organisers have got you covered and most people there I found anyway the vast majority there's not a problem at all anyway everybody's a lovely person and just there to sort of be with like minded people to talk about gaming and and get involved in some of the shenanigans that's going on there so no worries there folks yeah too right yeah I mean like you know like with many cons one of the things that's been amazing to see over the last couple of years is the increasing diversity of people that come to conventions 
Um, and I'd like to think that Dragon Meat is right up there amongst the best of them with being very, very welcoming to, to people of, of every age and, and inclination and quite right too. Um, and, you know, it really warms the old cockles to feel like a bit of a, an old geezer at these things, talking about the, the days of Slay Industries and, and other such ancient games. So <laughs> <laughs> come along and, 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 and start a revolution, please, guys. You know, uh, we want to see more women. We want to see more people of color. We want to see from wherever you come from, please come and play some role playing games and, and design them for yourselves and for future generations because nobody wants to read my fantasy heartbreaker anymore. And quite right, too. <laughs> <laughs> There'll always be a special little place for it, Baz, but maybe it's not that mainstream appeal it once may have done. <laughs> the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all good. Um, so it's probably worth noting, uh, for if you're a first-time Dragon Meter or if you've not been to a convention before as well, uh, that it can be um, a little bit busy and intense. So it's a bit like going down Oxford Street at Christmas time, which is what you might be doing on your way to Dragon Meat, funnily enough. Um, so make sure you're hydrated. Keep your eye on where the places are to get refreshed. Take a break when you need to. Uh, it is a great experience, but it is also like quite full-on or can be because you're on your feet all day. And there's a lot of people about. Um, so just make sure you keep yourself snacked up and all the rest of it. And there is a bar. So, um, you know, if you fancy buying me or Baz a drink, maybe one each, if you're feeling generous, we're always up for that. Uh, and it's notable that the uh, UK OSR group are apparently going to have an informal meeting there. So if you're in there and see some guys in black T-shirts who like D&D, &D, uh, probably worth saying hello to those. I know that uh, David Black is the black hack. Uh, Mick Red, who's one of the most vocal people, supporters of uh, OSR in the UK, he'll be hanging about, no doubt. Um, so there should be a bunch of people there you can hang out if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, and if not, um, going to the bar and getting a pint or a cranberry juice, or what you prefer, is also a good way of just like getting to speak to a few people. There'll be some people crammed in a corner trying to play some cards or a board game or something. Um, so it's always always a good place just to hang out and um, get a bit of the ambience, actually, to get away from the crush of the trade hall or the the sweaty games rooms or whatever else there might be going on. Yeah, I think that that social aspect of Dragon Meat is one of the big draws for me. In fairness, it's um, you know, it's it's nice to meet up with people, even if it's just once a year. Uh, for for me, it guys to be in the same room is not that usual these days. So you know, that's a good no. thing. Meet up with some old friends, and um, and generally speaking, the only thing remotely finer than playing games is talking about them. So you know, guess what? The topics of discussion will be all around the place, and I think that's the way to deal with Dragon Meat is to just. Throw yourself into it because it's essentially our Glastonbury. Um, if you're into games yeah. and you want to be surrounded by like-minded people and the, the slightly off-putting scent of, uh, of bad D20 rolls and Lynx aftershave, you're in the right place. <laughs> but throw yourself into it wholeheartedly. And um, mine's a lager. The gas is no doubt probably some kind of craft bitter, I would imagine, being all northern about it. But yeah, I like yeah, fizzy I'm juice. I'm fairly equal opportunities in player to be honest. I'll drink Guinness. I'm quite happy for <laughs> beer, ale, bitter, <laughs> gin. Most things really, you know, don't, don't worry about that. So so yeah, right. Get get stuck in Dragon Meat. If you've never been there before, come and see us and, and come and enjoy yourself and uh and just you know, don't be shy. Difficult to easy to say, difficult to do, I appreciate, but please don't be shy. Come and talk to us. Um we'll show you around if you if you're slightly nervous. If you're an old hand, you are, you probably don't need to be listening to us talk about it anymore, except it'd be really good to meet you, really good to see you again. Um, which really only leaves the role-playing, which I think is like you know the point of Dragon Meat, but sometimes it's the thing you get to last. So, <laughs> um, as you mentioned, guys, there's an awful lot of gaming going on this year. I'm having a quick scan down through the games. I'm quite excited by this. The, you know, there's a, there's a decent diversity in there. There's loads and loads of stuff from organised play at one end through your classics like Call of Cthulhu, um, uh, down to the, some of the lesser known games um, and there's an awful lot of, of, of opportunity there to try something out uh, I, I suppose how do you even begin to pick if you want to play a role playing game at Dragon Meat there's plenty of them and that's the tip of the iceberg because we've got all of that kind of indie games on demand and demo stuff as well I think one word of warning might be you know, don't book yourself out to play games all day because you'll kind of miss the main event but maybe take a morning or an afternoon to get some gaming in and spend the other half of the day gadding about that's that seems to be a reasonable tactic what do you think mate yeah i think that's fair i mean something we've done before certainly in the early years i know we've kind of like rushed in as soon as we can booked in a couple of games and then they seem that dragon meets almost passed us by so we've had a couple of good sessions and some lunch in between the pub or something uh but then come the end of it we're chatting to other people and they, they have this long list of seminars guests trade stalls 
cosplay, bring a buy, all kinds of stuff that they've seen and done. Mm. Uh, and we seem to have completely ignored it by being in a room and playing a couple of games. Um, so, I mean, it depends what you're there for, really. But, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend you, you pick one thing that you're interested in and go for that, and then maybe have the rest of the time uh, mooching around and doing what you want. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of it, like I say, it will be a bit of a crush early to get signed into stuff. So I'd probably try and get yourself at least one game early and then and then see where you go from there. You might be lucky to get two of the things you want. You can, you can get your elbows and pencils sorted out. So there's, um yeah, I'm just having a bit of a skin, skin myself now. There's a, there's a few good people in there. I know that um, Pete Griffith, uh, one of the Sheffield guys, he does a really good Dungeons & Dragons. He's um, He's been very brave running for seven people. So that's... Uh, wow. Kudos to him. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend his game, certainly. Uh, and then a lot of the other people I'm, I'm just skimming through now, definitely uh, seen a lot of them at other places as well. Um, there's some Savage Worlds, there's um, Pathfinder's got a lot of stuff, but then Dungeon Crawl Classics for the OSR crowd as well, that kind of stuff. And then quite a few things that I've not really seen a lot of. So, for example, Summer Burley does his, his Code of, which is kind of his homebrew setting, so you won't see that. Uh, many places unless you get a game with Simon so he's probably worth a bit of a look at if you fancy something different uh, uh, there's games like I Love the Corpse and things like that which, uh, or I Love the Core rather, I've not actually seen that and I don't know what it is but that's that's one of the other good features of Dragon Meat is you get people coming and bringing their own games which you may not have heard of before and giving them a bash out so it's uh, it's sometimes good to like pick something completely unknown to yourself especially if you're a bit jaded like me and you, Baz, and have played all the systems all the time. There's, there's even then some stuff that we won't have seen before and get a chance to have a bit of a fiddle with. Yeah, it's too true. And I mean, uh, and as well, thanks to, again, the explosion of really good UK talent over the last couple of years, there is actually loads of stuff that I've never played, which maybe I will take a shot at it. Um, you know, I'm not up to speed massively on the, anything from the 2D20 stable. Um, so there's your Star Trek adventures and Conan and stuff like that. Not played much of that, if any, actually, to be honest. And there's going to be loads of that, because if it's supported by Modifius, Pelgrane, or Cubicle 7, there'll be no shortage of it. And and I think you've got the, the typical thing that happens when, when GMs are, are posting stuff. People do tend to go for the new and shiny, as well as the old yes. classics. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. So, yeah, I, I don't think... Yeah, if if it's not obvious by now, don't be afraid of signing up for a game thinking, oh, but I don't know how to play it, so I don't want to embarrass myself. Generally speaking, at places like Dragon Meat, I'm going to pluck a number out of the air here and say for every five people around the table, four of them have never played it before. So mm-hmm. they do tend to be quite demo-ish. I think it's different if you're doing, like, you know, organised play and you want to get into that, of which there's loads of Pathfinder. Uh, Starfinder as well, which is pretty new. That will tend mm. to have people who've played it before. But again, in my experience, they're always welcoming to people. But if you want to sit down and say, play Tales from the Loop, you would not need, I'm sure the GMs would back me up on this, you would not need any prior knowledge uh, or yeah. correct dice or anything else like that at all. Just sit yourself down. And, and, and if, you know, if you get to sit down at a table with someone like, just for example, Darren Sims, he'll take you through it. You won't need to worry about like your knowledge or anything. So yeah, don't be shy. Sign up for some, something you fancy as a try before you buy, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Like Tales from the Loop, I've run that. I think I ran it once at Furnace. I ran it twice at Condemned. I ran it three times at the Caracan, maybe. And mm. for each of them, like it was, it was all new players. I think apart from wow. I had some repeat players at the Caracan that came back again. But yeah, everybody at the tables otherwise hadn't played the game before, and I ran them all through it, no problem. It's it's, it's a great one to jump in on. Mm. Um, nice. But that, I mean, that applies to some of the older games as well, doesn't it? Like, there's quite a lot of Cthulhu going on. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you don't need to know much about how systems work for that. But then, um, the, I suppose the good thing is you've got a good variety. So as well as 7th edition and some of the older editions, there's like Cthulhu Dark, which is uh, no system. So if you fancy like that kind of investigative horror game, but you never fight the monster because it's just too scary. Cthulhu Dark's like um, by Grim Wormsley, that's out recently. I think he's going to be pimping it in hard back at, at Dragon Meat. Yeah, uh, and it's it's all about the story and the the feel of Lovecraft in horror. So there's there's very little system there, but that's something you can just jump straight into without needing to unpack your dice. Mm. Cool. And also, and I, I might be wrong on this one, guys. You might know more than I do. I believe there's an open gaming area this year, and I think that might be quite there new. Is. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure what that is. Whether that's people who can just like dump the stuff having bought something at the, at the table, or whether you come along with the game tucked under your arm ready to play. I'm not saying detail on it. I'm intrigued, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been weird because like, sometimes at conventions, 
well, there's always kind of like a little kind of Edinburgh fringe thing going on with most conventions, which is if you stick enough gamers in a place and you can put down a flat surface between them, within 30 minutes somebody will have popped up some kind of GM screen and there'll be a game going on. Um, and that, <laughs> yeah. that's that's true at Dragon Meet as well. So if there, there is a little bit of space, I remember last year it was quite difficult to just find somewhere to sit down at a table. Um, and I think they've addressed that this year by looking at the maps and so on. So I will be absolutely sure to drop a couple of like fairly quick start light games into my bag that I'm carrying with. So I'm looking to bring at least Blades in the Dark, which is fairly low prep and low intensity. Um, and, and maybe a couple of other things as well. So, you know, if you, if, if something slacks off, um, maybe we'll just rustle up a game between us, guys. And, I, and it, the more that do that, the merrier. So, again, I would put something in your bag if you come in, whether an old hand or, or, or a newbie. You know, get get a game on the go. You you would not have to struggle to find people to sit down and play a game with you. No, you shouldn't have to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Tales for Leap, I think. Um, cool. Because I say I've run it quite a bit, so I've got something good to go with that. I've got Monica's, which is um quite Our a friends. cool little <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kill it's a kill card game. Um and basically you, just, you get a bunch of cards that have weird and wonderful things on, some quite simple and some a bit more obscure. Uh, and the first time you kind of go through it in two teams and one person does the thing and the other people try and guess what it is and you get the most cards kind of thing. Oh. Um, and it's like, that's quite straightforward and there's text written on the card to describe what it is if you don't know what it is. So that, that's fine. And then you go through another round where you're only allowed to say one word and then another round where you're allowed to do is act. And while some of the things are like really obscure, by the time you've been through the deck three times, you can kind of guess. And that, that's where the fun really comes in right at the end is people trying to mime, I don't know, Kanye West lost the album or something, which like if you just ask someone to mind that now, they couldn't. But because of the other rounds you've been through, then things will trigger. It's quite a funny game, but that's that's one where I don't know. I might crack that out in the bar if we get a few people together because you can play it with a whole bunch of people who don't know each other. And uh, after ten minutes or fifteen minutes of playing through the game, you've got some new friends and some images that you'll never be able to screw out of your mind. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, well worth bringing some pick up and play games if you've got exploding kittens or things like that. Just stuff something in your bag. I'm sure you'll find some people to have a quick deal with if you want. Yeah, or, or rip the cling film off of something you just bought. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If it's anything like me, that'd be the only time you ever get to play it. I'm notorious for spending money on books and reading the introduction, and then it gets filed. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Maybe I'll buy something and actually use it for more than 20 minutes. That would be, a, that'd be a, a novel thing. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I, the other thing I've been sort of looking through talking of buying stuff is um, our friend uh, Ian McAllister, who's on a while back talking about Blades and he runs that uh, online game for us. He's done a bit of a, a Dragon Meat preview, which you can find mm. out over on the giantbrain.co.uk if you want to check out his blog. I mean, I'll just pick out a couple of things from there he's mentioned. All rolled up, we always mention. Yep. They've got some great gaming accessories and um, they like, did all the dice bags, but all kinds of other things as well. The one that caught my eye recently is they've got the license to do the covers from old fighting fantasy books as dice bags for all rolled up. That's awesome. That's really cool. So if you remember the cover of uh, The Forest of Doom with a kind of lizard man bursting out of the cloak kind of thing, um, yeah, they've got that one as an example. So that's that's well worth swinging by and see what juicy stuff they've got there because they have some really sexy stuff. Do need to stop biting it, but <laughs> I can't see me stopping anytime soon, to be quite honest. Who else have we got? There's D&D Dice, so you mentioned buying dice, you can't have too many. They've got um, an example set there, the metallic ones, a set of seven, uh, of which I've got a variety as well. But these ones have got kind of got a prismatic kind of uh, petrol rainbow sheen to them in metal. So again, even if you think you've got enough dice, there's a whole bunch of stuff there that is not seen before almost. Well, well not by me anyway. Very exciting kind of stuff. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Others that were mentioned, like Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Um, now, I'm not massively into the games, I wouldn't say necessarily. It's not my go-to. But the, the quality of the books that they put out, I think, is uh, incomparable. If you look at Red and Pleasant Land and some of the other stuff they've done, uh, Decarbon Observatory and all that kind of thing, uh, often gets put on the stand. There's some really nice-looking books. And if you're writing something or producing something, I think it's well worth swinging by their stall just to have a look at the quality of stuff that gets put out. Because compared to some of the, even some of the big players, they just produce really nice um, artifacts to have on your gaming shelf. So I do remember last time coming away covered in glitter. I can't remember which button that was, but yeah, well worth a look at the sort of like the state of what you could produce as a, a kind of independent producer as he is. Yeah, and that, that do you know what that's um, 
it's, it's a good shout guys because much as with all rolled up as well who we've already mentioned and and uh, things like Melsonian Art Council which is our good friend Dan Sell who's on a podcast with us all a long time back now talking about OSR it's Dragon Meat's good for picking up that physical product because we all live in a, in a world now where with the click of a button we can order something off of Amazon or we can go to drive through and fill up our hard drive with PDFs and stuff like that and that's all cool don't get me wrong but there is something about a physical product which is worth having and and certainly I don't know what I'm going to be walking away from Dragon Meat with but it I will get something because it's that time of the year and it'll be a souvenir of the day and I'll look for, for something yeah. that I can't get in the in your ordinary local game shop and and loads of these producers go go out of their way uh, whether it just be something as simple as like here's a nice little bookmark uh, to you know um, to some badges and buttons all the way up to that stuff from Lamentations which is a real treat for yourself if you can get something with beautiful ribbons in it and all done on nice canvas and, and what have you so whether it be a messenger mm. bag or whether it be a, a copy of like some hand printed OSR pamphlet um, you know it's it's nice to walk away with something so yeah, bring it. Bring a few quid because you won't be short of places to spend it. To be honest, <laughs> that's quite right. And if you can't find anything to spend your money on, just come and ask me a buzz, and we'll get to buy us something. That's not a problem. <laughs> we'll review it for you, <laughs> and then tell you whether you were right to buy it or not. <laughs> <laughs> We've got more money than sense, so we haven't got that much money. Nope. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> there are quite a lot of convention floor games going on as well. I've just noticed as well. Um, Actually, so uh, things like Airfix Battles, Wings of Glory, uh, Zombie Side, all that kind of stuff's going on as well. So there's, there's like a bunch of. I'm continually amazed, actually, even like as we started out this, where I thought I, was, I had a pretty good handle on what there is going on. The more you kind of flick through the website or the brochure or have a check out of social media about who's going and what's going on, there seems to be more and more stuff happening. Well, there is. It's like, yeah, last year, mate, I played Wings of Glory. With, it was a, a table with about 24 people playing on it simultaneously. I can't do that at home. It was great laugh. Really good fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, there's that. I mean, there's stuff like there's a, there's a pub quiz. There's an art show. There's the charity auction. There's authors. You've got the guys like Ian Livingstone and Steve Jackson are going to be doing a seminar and a book signing as well. I know we've got a bit of time allocated as well. We're going to try and hook up with some of these guys and get you some interviews. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost like I don't know if there's going to be enough time in the day. I'm, I'm massively looking forward to it, but I think it's going to be exhausting. But we're not going to be short of something to do. Yeah, uh, and it's good as well. I think, um, although we did get some people over from the states and all that kind of stuff, um, you've, you've got like homegrown talent there as well. I mentioned Graham Wormsley; he's there with a little stand selling his Cthulhu mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, Mike Mason, he's of course line developer for um, Chaosium for uh, Cthulhu games. He's he's knocking around, and he's quite openly said on social media as well, like you know, come and find me and talk about it. And um, and especially good bit is he said if you want to like contribute or write something or you know basically work for Chaosium in that kind of freelance way or something like that, come and give him a shout, give him a pitch, you know, talk to him about it. So it's a great place for that kind of stuff. If you're a, you've always fancied writing a Cthulhu scenario or uh, this particular game or brand you feel like you can add to or you want to like investigate how you go about it, there's the guys actually there on the ground from the UK that you can go and sort of just have that chat with and say like, okay, well, how would I write this? Or, you know, what, what are your guidelines? Or what's my first step? Here's a pitch. What do you think of it? So it's good to get that kind of advice before you you sort of have to fire something off on the internet and you don't know the person, you've never spoke to them and you're just finding an email blind with some kind of ideas. You can just get down there and sort of like chat to someone face-to-face in a human fashion and get that real feel for like, will we be good working together? What sort of stuff does he want from me? And get some of those questions answered that when it's just you at the end of the internet, you might not wonder about whether your stuff's good enough or if you're writing this the right way or how you could contribute. Being able to get down there and speak to real people and just get some open and nice conversations going really helps with that kind of stuff as a first step. Absolutely. Because every single one of those guys used to be the person who went up to the convention as a fan and spoke to someone like Greg Stafford or any of the, the, the initial wave of guys who, who were good enough to put on cons. You know, we were all fans once. And uh, mm. one of the best things about gaming, I think, is just how accessible it is. And uh, there's no such thing as a rock star designer, maybe outside of Monty Cook or John Wick. I don't know. <laughs> but, <you> know <laughs> but given that this is the UK, we're never going to get like ideas above our station, are we? So all of these guys are going to want to shake around and share a cup of tea and a war story. You know? and, and, yeah, absolutely. Thee and me are the same, mate. You know, So yeah, come, and, come and share a drink and a, and a story. But um, you know, the, the, the role-playing 
industry, if it can be called such a thing, this is a really good chance to to speak to people in an accessible way at Expo, I think, you know, which I've mentioned before, that's that's the big daddy of conventions, but that's like a machine that is there to generate excitement and product sales. Dragon Meat is still of a size, even though it's still an amazingly big thing, really, for a single day. It's still of a size where you can be on first name terms with people um, and, uh, you know, use that while you can before uh, they're all driving around in gold limousines. <laughs> And I think it is that where you build up a little bit of rapport as well, because there are so many people there and all the rest of it. It feels like a little bit actually um, being at a wedding or something, you know, when there's yeah. like tons of people and you've not seen many of them, but you only get five minutes with all of them, then there's someone else you see or they get dragged away by a different person or there's another thing to do. <laughs> so you don't get a lot of time with anyone, but you get to see a lot of like old friends and meet some new ones. So once you've been to one of these sort of events, then you find when you go the next year, you'll just like catch an eye of someone that you gained with last time or you'll speak to the trader about that thing he said it was coming out that has come out and you bought and thought was great or you know it just builds up year on year so as you say we've been going for well over 10 years and we've just got like a, a bigger and bigger group of people we kind of know but don't get a chance to speak to almost and yeah. if it's got a bit of a family feel to it in a way that you kind of got these long lost relatives that you just get to chat to once a year and, and get a bit of a, a bit of time with just to catch up so you'll soon feel if once you've been to one of these sort of things like you're part of the gang almost when you go back the next time and it all becomes very familiar. There's a lot of friendly faces all of a sudden. Mm. So what's, what's your number one thing that you're looking forward to personally then, guys? What, what's on your hit list of things to achieve at Dragon Meat Day? Well, it'd be really good to get some conversations with some of the big hitter guests. We'll see what we can do for our loyal listeners. Um, we've got people like Ian Livingstone, Gareth Hanrahan, you've mentioned, and many others. So it'd be great to grab some, you know, some time with them and just get a little bit of a little bit of that um, connection. Maybe try and ask a couple of questions that they don't normally get asked. I don't know. We'll, we'll attend some of the seminars and see what goes on. Uh, definitely a couple of seminars I want to get in there. Uh, there's some people I don't really see all that often, but places like Dragon Meet the Chance. So it'll be trying to catch up with some old friends that speak to me far too rarely, but grabbing them. Um, I'm probably less bothered this time around about the role-playing. I think in the early years I used to do lots of the role-playing gaming. Uh, but because there's so much on, I'm more interested in sort of going around and chatting to as many different people as I can this time almost. It feels like I want to hit lots of bases rather than having one big thing I want to do. How about yourself? Is there something in particular that you're looking forward to? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, I, I want to yeah, shake hands and meet up with old friends and new friends, you know. If, if, you, if you listen to this podcast and we haven't met in person, please let's rectify that. I would absolutely love <laughs> to talk to a stranger who listens to this this random rambling that you get a couple of times a month? <laughs> that would just be amazing. I would I would love to hear how we got into your ears. That would that would do my head in. Um, that would be marvellous. <laughs> um, and as for gaming, it's similar to yourself, guys. But I think what I might do is uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to is like um, story games on demand. I'll mm. run it running some stuff that's like you know an hour or two hours long. And I think I might stop by there. I have no idea what I'd like to play from out of that lot but because it's kind of like a bit of a pick and mix situation like looking at a giant sweet shop full of opportunities um, <laughs> but I, I really like short form gaming these days that is an hour two hours that kind of thing um, yeah and uh, I, I think I'd love to sit down and be surprised um, you know get well out of my comfort zone or just play something that's a little bit different and uh, just so I can have a, a, a brand new fresh experience and story games are always amazing for that I, I can't imagine for one minute the best thing about story games is whatever's on display in the story games on demand section this year will be utterly different to what they had last year and what they will have next year. It's all hot, it's all fresh, um, and it's a bit like street food. I think I want to go and have a little bit of a sample of that and then come back either shaking my head in amusement or being most excited about the, the hottest game I've ever played in my life and how everybody needs to join in. And, and <laughs> either one of those will do me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're doing some stuff as well. Like I think, um, for example, uh, I know that Blades in the Dark has been touted there, and I think Tales from Leap as well. So they're games I've played quite a lot of recently, but I kind of want to go and play it with someone else yeah. to see how they do it. Do you know what I mean? And, yes. and get like It'll be the same game, but just that different flavour and, and see if there's anything I can pick up or things that I'm missing mm. by you know playing it in a certain way that someone else will just bring to life because they've honed on a different part of the game than I have when I've read it or tried to play it myself. Yeah, that that's quite good fun, isn't it? After a while, you can get a bit insular with your gaming group, can't you? Because the other thing you can do at con games you can't do anywhere else is play with other people. Yes. And uh, 
hooking up with people online is is very very doable these days but there's a, there's always a bit of a thrill with sitting down with strangers at a con game um whether you're running it um or you you and your mate are going to go and sign up for a gaming table whatever there's going to be some people that you've never met before and and despite having spent a couple of hours pretending to be elves or whatever it is that's floating your particular boat at that time uh, i guess a piece of advice would be to like make sure you introduce yourself as a real person either before or after or during <laughs> because you can make some yeah. great friends that way and you know and you'll bump into each other at conventions and other places or or swap email addresses and and you never know what might come of that but it's a it is a good time to meet up with some like-minded people and 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 swap some stories you know it's like um when we had a uh, dirk on the other week from the grognard files it, it's it's sometimes so so weird to hear about people growing up in a in a far away town from where you are but having very very similar experiences with buying the same magazines and getting into the same games and falling out over the same dice mechanics that you did and it's, it's just <laughs> it's a really cool thing to do so you know everybody at dragon meat will have something in common which isn't gaming so you know leverage that you're not going to have to it's not like when you're at your job or you're at your university or your school or whatever where you have to try and find the right moment to reveal that you're into role-playing because you, you're <laughs> going to get wedgied or swirlied off the back of it. It's just not going to happen at Dragon Meat. Unless you're very lucky, of course. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's some gamers to my shame that I probably know as, like, Ragnar Skyrock, but I've no idea what the real name is. Because <laughs> we played Earthdome ten years ago. <laughs> and I remember the character, and but I can't remember what their real name is. Yeah. So that's, that's another one. Um, I suppose another one that there might be a bit of that we haven't mentioned is cosplay. So I know certainly one from the podcast group I'm, I'm sort of chatting with about what we're going to do for the podcast zone. Uh, one of those podcasters is coming in, in cosplay and, and a bit nervous about it, saying they're bricking, you know, not really sure. Really? Can't be received and stuff like that. I'm sure it'll be fine, but yeah, I guess that's one for again. Just to shout out to our listeners, if you do see someone in cosplay, then give them the thumbs up or tell them like great costume if you see someone. Because I suppose it's easy to imagine that everybody who dresses up is kind of like quite an extrovert and all the rest of it. Uh, and what I've uh, discovered from chatting to quite a few people actually is that a lot of these people are fairly introverted. Yeah. Um, but although it seems quite an extrovert thing to do, they're, they're probably a bit shy and just trying to like. Sure, express themselves with a hobby in a slightly different way as well. So, um, yeah, my recommendation would be to like, you know, give people thumbs up if they've made an effort to come dressed up because they might not be the extrovert one would first imagine from some kind of fancy dress person. Because within the RPG community, it's a little bit more of a you're just looking at it somewhere safe where you can do that kind of stuff without mm. necessarily the judgment that our hobby gets across the board. You know, you can sometimes get at work or whatever, can't you? If you play D&D, you do something else like that, you get called a bit of a nerd. So um, doing something as brave as kind of like totally dressing in character might need a little bit of positive reinforcement. And I think we can do that as a community between us. Yeah, more power to their elbow as well, mate. I mean, LARPing's never really been particularly my thing, but mostly because I'm just like in awe, really, and slightly intimidated by the lengths that people will go to for their hobby. I always think it's absolutely brilliant. It's not for me, but I can absolutely happily applaud from the sidelines. I think it's incredible. And, um, you know, and I subscribe to a whole bunch of stuff that, that I just love seeing what people do for their craft and their hobby. Um, and I think it's incredible. So, yeah, I mean, I'd forgotten about that. Cosplay seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger anyway. Um, mm. And uh, from Expo last year, there was enough for there to be a, a cosplay parade uh, and, and a bit of a kind of a. Uh, everybody up on stage together and it looked amazing to see them all together so if we've got like more than a handful of dragon meat i'd say that would be a massive improvement because i don't recall there being too much of it in previous years so that'd be a good new thing to see so yeah i yeah. think it's probably a little while though before i dress up as a scrang sword master unfortunately for everybody well yeah it's trying to work out how to get the tail articulated isn't it that's the problem that's the problem um, it's the only thing stopping me <laughs> I'm putting on enough weight to be an obsidian soon I just need some stone like skin and we're there um, but yeah we'll see <laughs> yeah, I used to think I was a demonette of Slarnesh but these days I look more like a Nurgle plague marine unfortunately <laughs> I, I know from the, the map there is a cosplay area at Dragon Meat as well so I don't know if there's a little competition going on or something or there's just a demo area or people hanging out but um, it's good to see that there as well as, as an extra bit of stuff going on yeah cool good that is I'm a, I appreciate that that's co correct so um, in, in terms of like top tips for stuff to do we've mentioned going around and getting to the stalls uh, definitely grab a seminar if you can 
people like Modiphius and Cubicle 7 have got the big stands as you come in, you can chat to them. Uh, certainly go and check out the playtesters and p- things like that because they'll be looking for some actual feedback from people who've never played their games before and, and they're trying it in the wild. Good demo area with all kinds of stuff on as well. You've got the on-demand gaming. If you need to role-playing, and if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know why you would be, but <laughs> there you go. You might be. Or someone might recommend it to you. Uh, for the on-demand stuff, I definitely recommend trying something out like Lady Blackbird, which will be an offer, which is a really sort of, kind of yeah. easy sort of thing to get into. And it's a sort of scenario that I know quite a few people played it time and time again because it plays out slightly differently each time. Uh, and it's you know it's, it's dead easy to get to grips with. It's a nice little bit of kit, and it's available free afterwards. So if you have a nice game of it, you can always grab it yourself uh, and then run it for your mates back home and that kind of thing. Uh, and they've got some other stuff like Les and Feelings, which is quite simple, um, and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, definitely try and get yourself a game of Lady Blackbird if, if you're fairly new to role-playing, and it, it will blow your mind, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a good shout, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely get some gaming in of some sort. Uh, bring a bottle of water with you. Enjoy it. Talk to people. Come down to the podcast zone. That that'd be my top tip. That because as a podcast creator who is desperate for content, <laughs> they'll all be the same. Um, they would love to talk <laughs> to you about you and your gaming. Um, <laughs> and uh, don't be afraid of like getting it right or wrong. Just you know. Just talk about games with people who love talking about games. The only difference is we we press the record button when we do it. <laughs> but you know, I'm sure nothing will get like broadcast without people's permission. But come and talk to us down in the podcast zone. We're like just enthusiastic people like you, and we just want to talk about it more. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we probably won't be there ourselves. We'll be wandering around, but you know, we might be definitely visit the games. games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the things we do have, I know, like uh, one of the or at least one of the podcasts, I think maybe two or three, you're going to be doing actual play stuff. So there's a little room tucked away and they're going to be recording some actual play of things mm-hmm. in short burst sessions. So again, if, you, if you're struggling to find a game or want one and don't mind your voice being recorded and, and broadcast to the world, head down the podcast on and ask about getting involved in a, in a quick game. I think, I think they're going to do some short burst sessions of an hour or two rather than make it last all day, rather than one big game. It's going to be lots of little ones or yeah. it'll be certainly jump in and jump out. So chat to the guys on the desk and see if you can set, get yourself a game and you'll You'll hear your own voice broadcast across the internet. Nice. Yep. So uh, I think we're about done there, Baz, aren't we? I mean, we've, we've banged on about it quite often enough. It's got me excited. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. Can't wait to meet some new people. So you know, I can't get sick and tired, uh, sick and tired of saying this enough. Come and say hello. You, we are going to be easy to spot. We're probably a smart party t-shirts or something. Please, yeah, please, please come and say hello. And, and if you don't, and you get approached by two middle-aged men bearing a copy of Earth Dawn and a big shit-eating grin, well, that'll be us. So you're going to have to talk to us anyway. <laughs> so I can't wait to see you all at Dragon Meet. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, with any luck, we should be able to corner one or two little celebrities or other gamers uh, and maybe get a few sound snippets as well. I've got a new spangly uh, recording device, uh, partly thanks to our patrons. Thanks again to you guys once again for helping us out with that. Um, so we'll start shoving a microphone in people's faces and see if we can get you some like hot scoops or other interesting tidbits that you can't get anywhere else. Cool. All right. So till next time on the other side of Dragon Meat, hopefully a pre-Christmas, maybe end of year special. Who knows what you might get? We'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.